Well, we're going to get into our lesson this evening, Discover Your Destiny. We've been talking about this series for the last uh, maybe four weeks or so, and we've been talking about how is it that we find God's destiny for us. And we really started this series by talking about our identity, what we're, where we're at in life as teenagers, and then we talked a little bit about the mistake zone, the next about 10 or 12 years of your life. Uh, where you'll be making a lot of big and major decisions and where many times many people really make mistakes in their life uh, that they live out the rest of their lives because they made wrong choices during those uh, that window uh, during the age of 13 between 13 and the age of 27. How important it is and how how we must understand and realize that in that time frame, in that window of our life, a lot of the decisions that we'll be making will determine if we really end up living out the destiny that God intended for us to live out or if we're going to miss it altogether. Then uh, last week, or really about two weeks ago when we had our last lesson, we, we talked about this idea of destiny and we titled that uh, lesson, My Place in the Cosmic Cookie Mix. And if you have your notes, we're going to go through that first part. We didn't end the lesson, so I'm just going to fly through that first part to catch us up as to what we study, studied and talked about last time that we were together. We said the way it didn't happen, and we, we talked about how important it is to understand time, eternity, and destiny in this lesson. And we talked about, first of all, the way it didn't happen. We said that evolution is without valid evidence. We talked about how in our school system, in our society, uh, whether you're watching uh, news, where you're watching documentaries from people that are not saved from a worldly perspective, and how they push this idea of evolution, that evolution is real or that evolution is true. And uh, we, we talked about what evolution entails, what they believe, those that believe in evolution and what it teaches. And we said, we came to the conclusion there's really no valid evidence for it. The universe shows careful, deliberate, intelligent design. And we said no evidence shows animals crossing species and producing fertile offspring. We said that that was in all of the evolution theory uh, that it tries to promote these ideas that they, they did cross, that animals changed into different species over millions of years. And yet there's really no evidence that would support a theory like that. And, and so we, we wanted to look at, first of all, the way that it did not happen. And then we also talked about the fact that evolution is not observable, which means it's science. It's not science. History, science, and archaeology all support the biblical account of creation 100%. I remember listening to to uh, a creationist talk about the Grand Canyon. And there are people, uh, scientists, that would say that in the Grand Canyon, it took millions of years for it to happen, to form. And they'll go through the rock layers, and they, they, geologists that believe in the evolution theory say, well, if you look at the layers, it takes so long for these layers to, to actually happen, and this just proves that the evolution theory is true. The only problem is, is that there have been floods in Asia and in other places 
that have come into uh, where rocks were, mountains are. Because of the flood that came through, uh, they, it leaves a, um, a layering much like the Grand Canyon. And in fact, it really proves uh, the, uh, the fact that it doesn't take millions of years for these uh, layers to form as it is in the Grand Canyon. If there's just a big catastrophe, something that happened quickly like a flood, it can create the same exact layers. And more than anything you can, you can say and you can see, if you believe that there was a flood, that God destroyed the earth with a flood, as the Bible says, that you would find places like this all over the world. And the Grand Canyon is just one area where that layers in geology, you can see that that happened. But if you go down to Peru and if you go even to Asia and Europe, you'll find a lot of mountain, uh, mountainous places that also have that uh, rock formation in those layers. So we find that uh, really science proves more of creation than it does of evolution. And then we said this, we said evolution is a religion of blind faith. Creation is a religion of intelligent faith. Evolution is a religion of blind faith. Creation is religion of intelligent faith. And we said the fossil record supports creation, not evolution. Uh, in fact, there's been more and more evidence coming out uh, that archaeologists are finding of fossils that actually were made and created in a short period of time. Usually, if you study there in, in school, they'll, they'll say, well, fossils take millions of years to form, and that uh, for the dinosaurs, it took millions and millions of years after they died for their fossils to actually form and get embedded in the rock. But archaeology is starting to find that that's actually not true, that fossils can form in a rather quick time if there's a big enough catastrophe to make it happen. In fact, in places, once again, where there's floods that happened rather quickly, then you'll find that those that got buried and caught in the flood, that their bones fossilize rather quickly. And so we find that as you study science, what is observable, as you study what you can uh, see from history, science, and other things, archaeology, in fact, you'll find that it really supports the creation theory. We see that there is an intelligent design to what we're living and what we're studying, whether it be the stars in space uh, and, and uh, the sun, moon, and stars, or whether it be the oceans with the fish, or whether it be the plants and animals. If you look at every area of creation, you'll find there's intelligent design. In fact, it was interesting. I was talking to my dad today. He had a, an appointment with the uh, oncologist, the eye doctor, and uh, he was telling me he, he's got a, I think it's called closed, the, the oncologist said he has closed angle, uh, closed angled something glycoma. And, um, and the way that that forms, he says that on the eye, the, the eye doctor was telling him, right, right on the, the side, you can't really see it, but on the side of your eyeballs, on both sides, there's like a little, a little pipe. And, and what that little pipe does, it drains uh, for you the, the liquid that forms there in your eyes. And he said, what happens with glycoma is that it begins to close that pipe. And when it begins to close, then it starts to build up and it 
starts building headaches and help, it starts hurting your eye. And, and after a while, then uh, they have to go in and do surgery to try to, to do what they can to fix the problem there that has obviously compounded because that little pipe on the right side and on the left side of your eye, right on the edges, that drains the fluid isn't draining it properly. And they got to go and kind of poke a hole in it and, and let it start draining again. If not, uh, you can lose your sight and lose your eye. Now, who would have thought to put that little thing right there just by chance? I mean, if you just look at the human body and how it works and how complex it is, it just points to the fact that someone had to design it. If you look at your phone and the way it works, no one thinks, oh man, this used to be a rock. No one thinks that because of what it can do. In fact, the way that you can use the phone and the way you navigate through the phone shows that someone had to design this software. Someone had to say, if you press this button, it takes you to this screen, and from this screen, you can go to this screen, and you can do all of this. Somebody had to create that. It just shows, a phone shows that there was a designer for that phone. That someone had to think through what the phone was going to do and the software that was going to run on it. The same thing happens when you look at our creation. And we said how important it is to see that the way it didn't happen was evolution because science doesn't support that theory. It's a blind faith. It is a But when you look at creation and the creation theory, you find intelligent faith. You find science that really supports it and backs it up. Then we talked about the way it really happened. So we said the way it didn't happen and then the way it really happened and why it matters. We said God created everything. God has an eternal purpose and plan for everything he created. And your belief about creation will determine your value system. It'll determine your value system. We said how important it is for us to understand that if we don't have the right worldview, if we don't have the right view of creation itself and what God's word says about it, then it leads to our value system and it leads to to the fact that if you believe in the evolution theory, that you will conclude at some point if you walk through and think through that, that theory and think through what that would mean, we said that means that there is nothing and no one that we're going to give an account to at all. It means that our life has really no purpose because it's all an accident anyway. And that's where you get the ideas and the philosophies that we see dominating our society today. Like, follow your heart. It doesn't matter. Whatever your heart tells you is okay. Even though the Bible says the heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? And yet, today's society says, follow it. Today's society says, well, you really only live once, so live life to its fullest. And what they're saying is, don't live it in a way that you're going to give an account to someone, live it in a way that whatever makes you happy, whatever you think is fun, whatever brings pleasure to your life is okay. That's what you ought to live for. And yet the Bible says, thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, with all thy might. We see two major different philosophical views. And as a result of those philosophical views, you see two different value systems. That's why on one side of the, of the aisle, you'll see people that say, uh, if you don't want that child, just kill it. It's called abortion. We call it murder. That baby is alive. Do you know that uh, by the time you even realize 
that there is a baby there in your womb as women, uh, that life has already happened. It has already been created. They already have a heartbeat. They already start feeling pain. By four weeks old, you and I already felt pain. Usually it takes about four weeks before a person even knows that they're pregnant. We value life on the right side of the issue because we say that was a creation, that was something that is special, that was made by God. Our value system teaches us, because our worldview says God created everything and he has a purpose, our value system then is, then that means every life is special. Every life matters. Every life has a purpose. So we stand saying, we're not for pro-choice, we're for pro-life. Because God is life. Because God created life. Because life is special because of what God did. For and on this side, they're saying, oh, no, no, no. Really, life's all about you. It's your body. After all, who's going to tell you what you can do with your body other than you? So now you create a value system of whatever my body wants, it gets. The Bible talks about this. It calls it the flesh. In our flesh, the Bible says we can be bitter, we can be angry, hateful, we can be envious, we can be lustful, we can be fornicators, adulterers, idolaters. That all happens as a matter of our flesh. That's why you don't have to teach a baby how to lie, because part of his flesh teaches him how to do that already. But you see, if you keep... That value system, and that's what it produces. If you have a worldview and a value system that says God created life and it's special, then your value system is very different. If you say, no, you're going to give an account for the Bible says it is appointed unto men once to die, and after this, the judgment. When you look at that that way, then you say, what you do matters. The decisions that you make in life matter. So, when you look at the way it really did happen, we said, uh, not only that, we said, you are not an accident, you have an eternal purpose. You're not an accident, you have an eternal purpose. See, it matters. It matters. This thing of creation matters. It's not just, well, that's, that's just what they believe. Yeah, but if what they believe remains something that they can follow after, then that what brings a lot of destruction in our life. But when you have the right worldview, when you have the biblical worldview, then you realize this. God made me, and he has a purpose for me. I'm not an accident. And this is where you get into the beginning of destiny. We said this, God has an eternal purpose that's bigger than time. God has an eternal purpose that's bigger than time. Number two, God made you fulfill an eternal purpose. God made you to fulfill an eternal purpose. Now on that first point, let me just say what First Tim or 2 Timothy 1.9 says. It says, Who hath saved us and called us with an holy calling, not according to our works, but according to his own purpose and grace, which was given us in Christ Jesus, before the world began. That's why I say that God's eternal purpose is bigger than time itself. 
God gave you your purpose and he knew that you were going to be alive and he knew what family you were going to be and he knew what talents you were going to have and he knew what school you were going to go to and he planned all of that before time even existed. Think about that. Before he made the sun, moon, and stars, and by the way, that's how we keep time, by how many rotations we go around in one day and how many times we go around the sun and gives us a year. Before any of that was created, God already knew what your purpose was going to be. God's eternal purpose has, it's bigger than time itself. God made you fulfill this eternal purpose. And notice this in your, in your notes. God designed your purpose before he created even our world. Before he even created the, the plants and the animals. Before he even created the oceans and the fishes. Before any of that creation, God had designed your purpose. He'd already designed it. Now really quick, to finish up this lesson, here's what we left off. That's where we left off. Let me talk about this really quick. Understanding destiny. If we're going to understand what it means when, when someone says, are you going to live out God's destiny for your life? What, what does that even mean? Well, here's what it means. Number one, in understanding destiny is this. Your destiny is unique to you. No one else can be you or be like you. No one else can be you. Now this is amazing because sometimes there, uh, there are families that have twins. And if you know any twins, if you have any friends that, that has a twin, you'll know Twins, even though they look, and they can be identical twins, even, they, even if they look identically alike, they're different. Their likes are different many times. Their personality is very different. Usually one is like really outgoing and the other one's really quiet. Uh, it's just, the way it goes is, is just, they're two unique persons. And now let me tell you why it's that way. It's that way because God has made you to be unique. And how much somebody wants to be like you, they can never be you. Secondly, when it comes to destiny, your destiny is awesome. It really is. It is awesome. Now think about this. When you look at creation and you read in Genesis chapter 1, all of the creation account, you'll see that after every day that God created something, it said, and then God saw that it was, does anybody know what the next word is? Good. And God saw that it was good. Now let me, let me give you this thought real quick. God only can create and make things that are good. God cannot create something that's going to be a disaster. God only creates that which is good. You say, well then why is our world so disastrous? Because of sin. Sin entered into our world. Sin entered into the heart of of an angel named Lucifer, who we know as the devil or Satan. And because of that sin, it brought all kinds of destruction. But that didn't come from the heart of God. That came from the heart of Lucifer. But all that God creates is good. Now, let me tell you why that's awesome. Because God created your purpose, your destiny. And if all that God does is good, that means your destiny is good. Your purpose is going to be pretty awesome. Just think about that. If God only invents good things and only does good things, that means the purpose he has for your life is better than the purpose you have for your life. 
The one that, the plan that he has is better than the plan that you have. And we'll talk about that in a minute. I want you to think about that. Your destiny is awesome. Secondly, there in your notes, uh, your desti- you will only be happy as you fulfill your destiny. You'll only be happy as you fulfill your destiny. You see, living your destiny presents an exclusive inner joy and contentment that only God can give. There's something about living out your destiny that brings joy that other things cannot do. That your job won't be able to do, that your friends can never give you, that money can never bring or buy. There's just something about living God's destiny for your life that makes you happy. Then I want you to notice your destiny will give you a true sense of divine security. A true sense. Now, you've probably noticed this. You're old enough that in your life you've seen tragedy happen. Now, have you ever noticed when sometimes when someone that's, that's not a Christian, when tragedy hits their family, someone dies unexpectedly or something happens, their house burned down or, or something like that, many times people go crazy. They don't know what to do. They don't know how to deal with it. And in that tragedy, they feel hopeless and helpless and and. Sometimes they break down, they get into a deep depression, and some of them never even come out of it. Sometimes they take their own life as a result of it. Then there's others that are Christians that they go through the very same tragedy, and yet they have joy in their life. And, and, and you, kinda, you, you talk to them, and you say, how can you be joyful? How, how, how can you have peace in a time like this? I've seen uh, wives be at peace when their husband leaves them, and I think, how does that happen? How do, how do you deal with difficulty that way? I mean, it wasn't even your fault. He just went that way. How do you deal with that? And, and the difference is, is that when you're in God's will and when you're living the destiny that God has for you, you have a true sense of divine security. There's stability, there's peace, there's an unshakable resolve that will guide your life as a result of living your destiny. Then I want you to notice that your destiny represents true success. Your destiny represents true success. True success is finding and living the mission that God created for you. So it represents true success. In other words, if you don't live out God's destiny for your life, you weren't successful. You might say, well, but, but I'm a millionaire. But you're not successful. You see, because success isn't really determined by your money. I, I've, I've seen honest people make a million dollars and I've seen dishonest people make a million dollars. That doesn't mean both of them are successful. Successful is more than just money. It's actually really finding what God has for you, living out that destiny. And then there in your notes, your destiny can be missed. Your destiny can be missed. When it comes to your destiny, God gives you the final decision. You know, God didn't make us a bunch of robots. Though God has a plan for your life and though God has a purpose for you, it's really up to you if you're going to live it or not. None of you in here decided for me who I was going to marry. I decided that. God did not whisper into my ear, you have to marry Rochelle. I chose to marry her. God did not 
twist my arm and say, you're going to go to this college. I chose what college I was going to go to. They say, how did you choose the college you're going to go to? By spending time with God. You say, when you start spending time with God in prayer, when you start spending time with God in that relationship, then he begins to guide you towards things. It wasn't by accident that I ran into Rochelle. No, that was God's plan for my life. By that decision, it led to other decisions. And as you follow that, let me tell you something. If you make a wrong decision, you can miss God's destiny for your life. That's why it's so important to walk with God. That's why it's so important to have a relationship with Him. Because you can miss it if you're not careful. And let me say this, your destiny is now. Your destiny is now. Sometimes we think about destiny and we say, oh, that's like 10 years from now. Or someday I'll live God's destiny. But you know, destiny is not a distant possibility. It's a present reality. You see, God has a purpose for you today, right now. Some of you are living God's destiny right now. Some are not. Some are doing God's will every day. Some of you are not. Now, when you get out of God's will, you'll never get to God's destiny for your life. Just like if I want to go to Brownsville, I can't get on the Expressway 83 and start going west. If I get on Expressway 83 and start going west, I'll never hit Brownsville. I'll hit La Jolla, and I'll hit Peñitas, and I'll hit Sullivan City, and I'll hit Rio Grande City and Roma, but I won't hit Brownsville. If you're not careful as a teenager, you can start making decisions to live your life the way you want to live it, and you don't really want to follow what God says, and you really don't want to listen to what God's Word has to say, and you, it's the same thing as getting on the expression and just going the opposite way. And then later saying, well, why doesn't God give me a happy marriage? And why doesn't God give me a happy life? And, and how come I'm so miserable? How come I'm depressed? How come I can't get over this or overcome that? Because you started down a road that's never going to take you to where God wants. But if you get on the expressway and you go east on the expressway, on expressway 83, and you drive for about an hour and 10 minutes, you'll run into Brownsville. It's going to happen. Because you're going down a path that will lead you to Brownsville. The same thing happens if you decide today, I want to live God's will today. I want to do God's will today. I want to please God and I want to follow his commandments today. Then as you do that on a day-to-day basis, you'll run into God's destiny for your life. You see, God's destiny starts today. It starts now. It starts now. And let me say in your notes, your destiny arrives from God by faith on a need-to-know basis. It's on a need-to-know basis. Now, I don't know about you, but sometimes I feel this way. I feel like I wish I knew the whole plan. Like, I wish I knew where I was going to be 10 years from today. I have no idea where I'm going to be. Am I still going to be here? I don't know. I, I don't know, and I wish I did, what your future is going to be in 10 years. I don't know how many of you guys are going to be married. I've been doing this for 12 years as a youth pastor at this church. I've seen quite a few of our teens get married. In fact, some of the teens that are sitting in the seats that you're sitting in have kids now. 
It's crazy. Blows my mind. That I knew that was going to happen 10 years ago, I had no idea. I, I can't tell you exactly what's going to happen in the next month or in the next year. I can't. And so I can't tell you what God's destiny for your life is. I don't know if God wants you to be a doctor. I don't know if God wants you to, uh, to be an engineer. I, I don't know what God wants for you. I just don't know. <laughs> and guess what? God doesn't tell you right now what he wants you to be. God doesn't tell you you're going to be at this company for 20 years and you're going to retire and you're going to make some good money. He doesn't tell you. God will reveal his destiny for your life on a need-to-know basis. And if you're ever going to reach it, it's going to take faith. You're just going to have to trust. And by the way, it's not difficult. I, I know sometimes when we talk about destiny like this, we, we, we kind of think, but how am I going to know that? How am I going to know that? And usually I, I, I try to make this comparison. If you ask someone, how do you know that you want to marry that person? Have you ever asked somebody that? Do you know what usually the answer is? You ever asked someone that's engaged? You ever asked them, how did you know that um, you want to marry that guy? I mean, you said yes when he asked you. How did you know that you want to marry him? And usually it's, well, I spend time with him. I spend time with him. I just... In the time that I've spent, I feel like I know him and I want to spend the rest of my life with him. When they first started dating on that first phone call and he said, hey, can, uh, would you like to go to the mall with me or do you, you want to go to this party with me? You know, at that point, that, that boy or that girl did not know, oh, that's my future wife. Didn't even have a clue. You just said yes because you wanted to say, well, let's see where this goes. I don't know. Maybe. Maybe he'll be somebody I want to marry. Maybe he won't. What makes the difference from that first time that you had a phone call that they asked you out to the time where you're saying, yes, I want to spend the rest of my life with you? You know what makes the difference? Time. Building a relationship. You know how you're going to know that you're doing what God wants you to do, how you're living the destiny that God had for you? Spend time with him. Spend time with him. That's how you're going to find, oh, now I'm doing what God wants for me in my life because I've spent time with him. And I know. I know what he's called me to do. I know what my purpose in life is. I know. How do you know? I spent time with him. Then I want you to know this. Your destiny is a deliberate choice. Your destiny is a deliberate choice. It never happens by accident. In fact, Hebrews 11.6 teaches that God rewards them that diligently seek Him. If you make a conscious decision in your life to honor God with the choices that you have before you, then your, de your destiny will eventually be just a deliberate choice that you've made. You see, you're the product of a master planner, a meticulous master planner. I mean, listen, God is so detailed that he put a little pipe in both sides of your eyes to drain the fluid that's there. That's how detailed God is. 
I mean, just study a little bit of microbiology and you'll know how detailed God is. And he, the person that created all of that, that designed all of that, has designed a plan for you. <laughs> okay? He designed it for you. Why? Because he wants you to discover that kind of joy in your life. He wants you to live uh, what will bring you the most joy. So when it comes to your destiny, when it comes to your destiny, think about this. Number one, the way it didn't happen. Number two, the way it did happen and why that matters for me. Start thinking about that the beginning of destiny happened before I even was created, before the world was even created. And then think about, man, what does this destiny mean for me? It means that God made me unique and it, and it means that God's got a special plan for me. And it means that if I make the right choices in life, I'll get to the right place in life. It means that if I just have the right kind of faith in my life and I just depend on God to teach me what I need to know right now, I'll eventually get there. I just got to stay on the road. It means that God has, has planned something better than I could ever plan for myself. And people, I want to encourage you tonight. As you're on this path, on this journey of discovering your destiny, just think about how and what God, the work that God put in to just make sure that each and every one of us has a different destiny that's unique just to you. Statistically, there's 7 billion people on, the earth, uh, on planet Earth right now. 7 point something billion. God has created seven point something billion different destinies. He's amazing. Incredible. And one of them is exactly for you. Let me tell you something. You don't want to miss it. Don't miss it. It's the greatest joy you'll ever find. It's the greatest purpose you'll ever live. Just stick with him.